on this world, there's nothing that can satisfy like Jesus. That's right. St. John 17, 16. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. So Jesus being the first apostle, now he's called apostles and he's sending them out. And the God that went with him was in him. They was fixing to have that same God to go in them. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself that they also might be sanctified. Neither I pray for these alone, but for them also, which includes us, which shall believe on me through their word. So the commission was given to men to speak the word. Not machinery. Right? Men. Man is God's agent of choice. Now, there's no question if God would have chosen the Son, the Son would have done a much better job than I have ever done. The moon, the stars, the wind, the ocean, the rivers, all of that God could have chose to preach the gospel had he wanted to. And they would have been much more faithful than Moses, Elijah, Jeremiah, Brother Branham. The Son has never rebelled against God. God never called the Son into repentance like He did Brother Branham whenever He told things that wasn't right. Now, come on, friends. Don't get all tied on me. It's just the truth. That nature does not have that rebellious, stubborn nature the way man does. And yet God knew that when He chose man. Oh, my. It's amazing to me. Most of us, if we knew people and our friends and our lives would cause us problems, we would just avoid ever having anything to do with them. Just to eliminate the issues out of our life. But God knew man would be the most difficult of all of his creation. And yet he loved him more than all the rest of it put together. Well, we can say amen and go home after all that. Let's bow our heads together. Heavenly Father, as we come into your divine presence, Lord Jesus, we certainly want to remember the Reynolds family out in Arkansas. I'm sure Brother Joel has already mentioned that, Lord, but our hearts have just been so heavy for them after hearing what happened in their home today and Brother Mike Price's church there as well. And Father, we know what it's like to suffer traumas and families and even in our church. So we're asking for your help to them tonight, Lord. It's part of the things of life that we more than likely will never fully understand until we get on the other side and then you'll take all the covers off as it were and remove the darkness and help us to see. But Lord Jesus, even when we cannot understand, we want to trust. So we pray for that family tonight. We pray for that church family. 
Lord, may the presence of God just help them and be with them and comfort them, Lord, in their time of loss. Now, fathers, we have read your word and we've assembled here tonight on Wednesday night. How we appreciate the opportunity to come to church in the middle of the week on Wednesday night. I pray that you would just help us and speak to us by your word. Give us those things which will benefit us, Lord, and may we be better people when we leave this place, more enlightened to the battlefront that lays before us. Speak to us tonight, Father. We commit the word, the speaker, and the hearers to your divine protection. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. God bless you, saints. You may be seated. It must have been really unusual at the beginning of the first church age whenever these men began to proclaim that they had the truth. It must have been very strange to the hearers because when people started getting saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, and they began to ask, where do we go? So what do we do? Now remember, the Greeks had temples. Those who worshipped Diana had temples. Those who worshipped Chemosh, those who worshipped the Roman gods, all of them had temples. But now think of it, whenever the gospel is being introduced for the first 300 years, the Christians had no temples or churches, as the world would call them. So I wonder how odd and peculiar that that must have seemed. So these men go about and they begin to preach. They begin to tell people about the good news. So they say, okay, well, we give our heart to the Lord Jesus and we got baptized, so what do we do? Where do we go? Because they were all used to attending some type of worship if they had a religious background. But they had no Happy Valley Church. They had no Mennonite, no Amish, Church of Christ, Baptist, Methodist. As a matter of fact, they wasn't even allowed as time went on to be able to go to the temple. Because every time they went, they wound up throwing them out. Even when Jesus was here, Jesus went to the synagogue. Those of you that know the history of the synagogue know that the synagogue was a house which was used, it was a multi-purpose type of house. The temple was only built in one location which was in Jerusalem. But in time, they began to build what they call synagogues. Now, synagogue was used for religious gatherings. It was also used for a public meeting place. It was what we would call today a multi-purpose type of place. Because the temple was never built for preaching. The high priest never went behind the veil and preached one sermon. There was never any sermons preached in the temple. Right? Who was in charge of the temple? Priest. Who's going to be in charge of the New Testament church? Preachers. Now, God's going to totally change 
everything, and it would seem radical to those who were trying to follow the law of Moses. Because they had no temple. As I said now initially whenever they first started the Lord Jesus went into the synagogue. And we know of course that when he went there as it was his custom. Because even though Jesus wasn't welcome he still went to church. And the Bible says it was his custom which means he must have went quite, quite regularly. So he went to the synagogue as was his custom and the priest gave him the scroll to read and when he did of course he turned to Isaiah and he read that great passage of scripture and the eyes of all the people fell upon him and wonderful words proceeded out of his mouth. Now remember that was not in the temple because they did not allow the reading of the Torah in the temple and behind the veil. In the outer court, it was where the priests prepared for the sacrifice. In the holy place, it was there they ate the shoe bread. It was there they lit the seven branch menorah. But once the high priest, one time of year, Yom Kippur, goes inside of there, they tie a rope around the man's waist. He has a pomegranate and a bell. A pomegranate and a bell. A pomegranate and a bell. A pomegranate and a bell on the bottom of his garment. The only way they know the man is alive, by noise. That's the way they knew he was alive. Now, if the man had sin in his life, and he did not go in there with all sincerity under the display of the blood, God would kill that man in behind the veil, and they would use that rope to retrieve his body. Be a lot of dead preachers behind the pulpit if God did that today, wouldn't he? So even if a high priest died behind that veil, they could not walk in behind the veil to retrieve him because if they did, God would kill them. So God had them to tie the rope around his waist and whenever the bells got silent, they drugged the man out and sent somebody else in. But never was a sermon preached in that holy place. So you can imagine how odd that it must have seemed whenever the Lord Jesus began to establish his kingdom before the baptism of the Holy Ghost was ever instituted and he did not pick the priesthood. He did not pick the Levitical order. He did not clothe his men with a linen ephod. He never chose a bonnet like the Old Testament. He never chose the scabbards of gold which would have been upon their shoulders inset with stones. He did not choose the 12 stones of the tribes. He did not choose the ouches. He did not choose any of that whatsoever. He chose men that were fishermen, tax collectors, and all kinds of different men. So now here we are. We are 2,000 years into this gospel move. And sometimes we just take it for granted. For them people in that day, can you imagine what a shock it must have been? That the Lord Jesus was going to establish this new kingdom of what he called the kingdom of God. And it was being built upon fishermen and tax collectors. And he had women following him that he had to cast out seven devils out of before he'd even let her hang around the group. They had a man that was forgiven of adultery and women forgiven of adultery. And this is the type of people that was making up his congregation. That's the type where Jesus' reputation is known. 
It must have been so peculiar now to the Jews or to even of other religions and they had no building to lead them to, Brother Scott. They had no deacons initially. They had no structure of a church body. And yet here it is a brand new message under a new kingdom, under a Messiah anointing. And then the Lord Jesus let it go this way for quite some time. Now, then in doing this, it's going to be, as I said, very strange and very different to establish religion. Now, the, the Old Testament mentions preachers, of course, a few times. Solomon actually referred to himself as being the preacher in the Ecclesiastes. And yet, there's other times in the Old Testament that the word was used. But the New Testament put a complete new emphasis and meaning on the word preach and preacher. And it actually means one to tell the good news. So it was a bearer of the good news of the gospel of the kingdom. Now, the Lord Jesus knows, of course, what's going to happen. So he chooses these men and he could have told them, now go out and read my words. Or go out and just, uh, you know, how play a tape, if they'd have had tapes in those days. Or play a video or whatever more. And he could have allowed it to bend there just like it was invented in our day. If he'd wanted them in that day. He could have told them whatever structure that he wanted to do. But he established his kingdom upon the foundational principle of men being divinely called, divinely positioned, and divinely inspired by Jehovah God. that they would become actually a living oracle as the Bible calls it men that would be appointed supernaturally and somehow the spirit of God would move on them in the spirit of prophecy and they would begin to preach under the unction of the Holy Ghost and they would speak things that many times they never knew they would speak things and the spirit of God would take them beyond their own realm of study and their own realm of understanding Understanding, and whenever that happens, of course, they become an oracle of God. Now, if you don't know what the meaning of the word oracle is, it is something of divine inspiration given at a moment when it is needed by the presence of God. So it is inspired preaching. And we know that a New Testament prophet, the prophet of God told us, was a preacher. But we know that that's not the same thing as a seer. So the Lord Jesus said it over and over again. As a matter of fact, he uses the word preach more than all the rest of them put together. So he's going to establish his new kingdom on this basis of preaching. And Happy Valley said... So he knows now that these men are going to go out and they're going to start publishing the good news. Now he sends them out initially before they receive the Holy Ghost under the commission of excusia, which is an authority delegated or regulated by an usurping one which has authority and he's able to give that authority as the centurion said to the Lord Jesus, I'm not worried that it's you should come under my roof. But I also am a man of authority. I say to this man, go and he goes this man comes and he comes so he said if you speak the word my daughter will be healed now Jesus is giving this excuse to the apostles initially and they're going preaching and telling the kingdom of heaven is coming the kingdom of heaven is coming it's coming it's coming get ready well if somebody would come up and said hey buddy what is the kingdom of heaven and they said well to be honest with you I, I don't even know but the man who sent us to say just say, say tell him it's coming 
But Jesus is here. What all that curtails, what all it involves, I don't even know yet. But he just sent us out to say, tell, tell everybody it's coming and lay your hands on the sick. So that's what they done. So whenever they do go forward, now the Lord Jesus could have said, now boys, I tell you what I want you to do, this is only through the initial stages, when actually that preachers will be used, and then on up in time, and it comes to the second church age, the third church age, I'll change the order, and it'll revert over into a priesthood. And it'll be the universal or the Catholic church, and preachers will no longer be needed. Uh, so you guys just do this for the first you know, couple hundred years, and then actually that I'll totally transform my whole program and I'll revert to another program but of course he wouldn't be Hebrews 13 8 if he did that would he so but he told them now knowing that this example is going to be handed down to their apostles their disciples as well because what they will do they will actually bring the word and by what they bring will produce another birth in another generation of men and then it'll be handed down from them to another generation to another generation to another other generation and that's the way God knew that the gospel truth would be propagated by spiritual birth now it's not handed down genetically we know that but it must be spiritual birth notice this in Mark 16 15 he said unto them go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature how many believes the church was established upon that so go you in to all the world how many believes that is the original commission given by the Lord Jesus himself by the Lord Jesus himself. Let me emphasize that again. By the Lord Jesus himself. He said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. Now, let me just point this out. It's a very simple fact, but all of you know it. Since a tape cannot be able to fulfill the scripture that I just read, then playing a tape will never replace preachers. Since a tape does not have hands, a tape nor a tape player cannot baptize somebody in this pool. So a tape by itself cannot fulfill the commission of Jesus Christ himself. Well, praise the Lord. Notice in Luke chapter 9 verse 6 now before the Holy Ghost comes. And they departed and went through the towns preaching the gospel. Now remember it's in very primitive form. They didn't even know what it even was really. And healing everywhere. So here now Jesus gives them, this is the initial commission before the atonement is made. And the commission will be expanded after the atonement is given. And once they get a new birth they will understand more fully what the commission will be able to involve. What Says, Brother Ram says in 1952, now by the grace of Christ, by the great commission that was given, I now lay my hands upon this woman in obedience to what my master said. The last words that came from his lips, if they lay their hands on the sick, they shall recover. You promised it, Master, in obedience to that, just as I was baptizing the woman here in a pool of water, I laid my hands on her with all my heart. I try to do, Master, heal her sick body. May she get well in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. 
Now notice then when Brother Branham was here in flesh, Brother Branham stood right there in the baptistry fulfilling the commission of what the Lord Jesus said. So he was actually baptizing a woman, but also laying hands on her to be healed at the same time. Boy, don't you love the way God can do things? But notice now then, if we played this very recording of Brother Branham saying these exact words, okay? And then somebody wanted to be baptized here tonight, and I'll look back to the brothers, and I'll nod to them, and they push play. And then all of a sudden, Brother Branham would say these words, I baptize this, my sister, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In reality, and that sister goes down in water, in reality, that sister has never been baptized. Because a tape can't baptize. A tape can't lay hands on the sick. A tape cannot counsel you. Now the prophet says when you have a feeling or something that comes to you, a question, he said, look in the word and consult your pastor. You can't consult a tape because the tape can't talk back. Now you might talk to the tape, but if you do, we're going to think there's a little bit missing, something wrong with you, you know. So a tape is limited in what it's able to do. So it cannot fulfill the Great Commission. It cannot lay its hands on the sick because it don't have no hands. Well, praise the Lord. Luke 24, 46, and said unto them, thus it is written and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And this is the continuation now of that great commission that was given to his apostles in Luke 9. You believe that? I know you do. Acts chapter 5 verse 42, and daily in the temple and in every house. Now notice this is before they get banned out of the house of God. So they're out in the temple and remember when this reference is made in the, in the, uh, the writing of Luke here that everything was identified as the temple inclusive which was the outer court and the inner court and the holy place but when Luke says this they were not actually preaching in the holiest of holies but they were in the outer court where Jesus was when he turned over the tables of the money changers daily in the temple and in every house now notice where they was having church so they was having church in the outer court because they was not allowed in the inside and they were also meeting in people's houses to have church well praise the Lord now some of us modern day Christians would have a real hard time with that because we think God can only meet in a place like this well come on saints but somehow they believe with the baptism of the Holy Ghost that if they had that meeting in a barn, God would meet with them. If they had to meet in somebody's house, now, as I said here the other night, they might have just cleaned off the breakfast table and cleaned up and washed the dishes, and they might have been talking about business and this and that and the other before they already started having church. But they believe somehow the presence of God was able to come there and hallow that place and sanctify that place where they would be able to have church. 
Well, praise the Lord. And they accepted it for what it was. You imagine that they had no place, continual place, so they'd be over and over again, as I mentioned to you about Philemon, that him and other people in that day allowed them, sort of like in China today, and in some of the places where the gospel is not welcome, uh, some of the places I preached when Brother Biscoe was arrested, that type of a scenario, a rich man had a large house, and the people were gathered there, and that's where that arrest taken place, in some people's house. So it would have been similar similar today and those places where they had consecrated them for a moment after church is over they dismiss they might serve a little something to eat or drink afterwards it would revert back to their house was it an ideal situation it wasn't but they'd rather do that than stay at house and at home and not gather together notice in Romans now again Whenever Paul now mentions this and Luke says this, let me finish this, daily in the temple and in every house, they cease not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. Well, praise God. Now, they wasn't preaching Moses. They wasn't preaching Elijah. They wasn't preaching John the Baptist. They was preaching Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 10, verse 14. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And shall, how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? For it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel. Now, the next time somebody tries to convince you that all you need is to have a tape player in the service and the pre- you know, the preacher don't say nothing, they just push play, what you need to do is to ask to see the feet of that tape player. Because if they're proclaiming the gospel, they ought to have feet. And they ought to have hands and they ought to have ears to be able to hear your problem. Now, people stand up and lie and stand up and say, we're going to have Brother Branham come and preach for us. That's a lie. Brother Branham is not coming to the pulpit. Just be honest and tell the truth. You are playing a pre-recorded sermon. Brother Branham is not preaching for you. As I heard it said some time ago at the end of a service where they'd had communion and they'd played the recorded part of Brother Branham going through and praying over the bread and the wine and then getting up at the end of the service and crying and all that sort of stuff carrying on and saying how blessed we are to have communion with the prophet of God. If you are communing with the dead, you are spiritualist. You are a Catholic. body is in the grave brother Branham's theophany is in the sixth dimension he is not your pastor he is not here you're lying brother Branham is going to come we introduce our pastor you're lying I said you are lying Oh, you preachers need to put Brother Brandon back in the pulpit. When you see him, tell him he's welcome here anytime. He does have to be alive, though. Oh, mama. Thank the Lord. I'm glad I'm preaching this tonight somewhere where they believe it. I can't imagine what it would be if they didn't. 
Now, notice, how shall they preach except they be sent as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. So not just in believing the cross, but the preaching of the cross is to those of us that are saved, the power of God. So there's something about preaching the word of God releases the power of God to you. Again, verse 21, for after that in the wisdom of God, by the world, by wisdom knew not God, it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching. I realize I'm doing a very foolish thing tonight, but I'm willing to become most foolish to obey my Lord, that some of you can be saved. It is foolish. I don't understand why God chose this, but he did. I'm not going to argue with him. As I said, the son would have done a better job, but apparently he wanted me to do it and not the son tonight. 1 Corinthians 9, 16, For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of, for necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. May I say this tonight, woe is upon every God-called man in this message that will not preach the gospel, but will set down because of intimidation from headquarters. Friends, it's the forerunning of the mark of the beast in the tribulation period. Believe what you want. It's the forerunning of that antichrist spirit that's trying to get the true men of God to quit preaching the truth. But you might as well speak to the sun and tell the sun to stop shining because true men of God will preach. If they've got to preach to a stump, they're going to preach the truth. That's right. Now, you imagine then, once this gospel started being propagated like this, they would have never even heard of such a thing in the first century, much less to believe it. So, and we're supposed to be the people whose faith is restored back to the faith of the original apostolic fathers. Now, can you imagine the apostolic saints are going around and saying, now, you know what, we don't believe in preachers in our church. We just have the men to stand up and read what Paul said. So we really don't have preachers, we have readers. And we have theologians, and they're not allowed to say nothing else now. They just stand right up and read. Well, you don't need a preacher for that. All you need is an educated teacher. Right? So this would have been totally unheard of. To me, what's a great shame about such a thing? In reality, it's a shame that the preachers in this message even have to deal with such utter nonsense. But it shows the spiritual ignoramuses that are around this message. Can't make nothing no better, friend. Oh, they think they're so deep. They ain't got enough sense to even find their way to the cross and back. Brother Branham is everything. Why don't you go ahead and be honest and just tell us what you believe that you believe is God. Just go ahead and be honest and baptize in his name and do what you really believe. Quit hiding behind that old veil of the thing and just be honest. I'm honest. I tell you tonight, Brother Branham was not God. Brother Branham was a sinner saved by the grace of God. He needed to get saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. Brother Branham's name is not worthy to be baptized in. Brother Branham's name is not worthy, come on saints to use in prayer he was a mortal he needs no greater honor bestowed upon him than one of the brethren, that's a direct quote from what he said oh my 
Now notice as Paul knows that he's going off the scene, but this time when Paul writes 2 Timothy 4.2, several of the apostles have already died. They've done been martyred. Uh, so now they're hanging the gospel over to the next generation of true God-called ministers. So it's very important in how they impregnate those men, knowing that these men will come out from under them with the emphasis being placed on what, what do we preach? What do we emphasize? And how do we bring this gospel? So Paul wrote this letter, of course, to Timothy. And Timothy was able to travel around with Paul, and he was actually a pastor at the time. And Paul tells Timothy, preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season, smile, joke, make everybody feel so good. Don't never make anybody mad. Don't never make anybody upset. Pass out suckers, pass out candy and cups of coffee. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. So you agree then the original commission now handed down to the second generation of these born again preachers is preach the word. Let me read you this quote. I heard it quoted the other day from headquarters. I hope the spiritual mind can catch this. I'm sure you do, but I wonder out there. Anyway, you can't visit every nation. You can send tapes to it. So as I heard this quote read from headquarters and was interested to see what was going to be said, what was said was that this was now the commission. This is now the commission. Okay. By whose authority has the commission been changed from the very commission of Jesus Christ now to where this is the commission? Well, it's been hot this week, ain't it? Already getting warm in here tonight. Well, praise God. Come on now, friends. Let's say what he said. Amen. If y'all know the service is going to be this way, you'd prayed harder than that for church, wouldn't you? Well, you never know when me being your pastor, you might ought to pray anyway, because you never know which way I'm going to go. Now, watch what the prophet of Malachi 4 said. Does God change his mind about his word? This is April 1965. You can lay hands on the sick and they recover. You can prophesy, speak with tongues. But the thing of it is, he said, keep his original word. God don't change his mind, friend. You got to keep his commission, his will. Oh, well, that was for the disciples. He doesn't change. If he still got a disciple, and he does... That's the same commission. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. These signs shall follow them that believe. Oh, glory. It's never changed. He can't change. Now you can say, well, I tell you it ain't for this day. Oh, you Balaamite. So a man who stands on the pulpit and says the commission has changed is a Balaamite. You see, God don't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
just look at the Balaamites today. Oh, I know the Bible, they baptize in Jesus' name. But I don't care what the people have done. There's not another name under heaven given by men where you can be saved. No remission of sin, only through the name of Jesus Christ. What, how good you are, what you do, that ain't got one thing to do with it. It's God's original word. You've got to stay with that. That's right. Obedience to his word is better than sacrifice. And the church said, so who has the authority to change that commission? Nobody. It's unauthoritative word. Well, praise God. Balaamites. Question answers 1964. Brother Branham, is it true that no one should preach but you? I'm not sure who this person was that asked that question, but I do hope they're in heaven because I want to hug the far out of them one of these days. <laughs> Friends, can't you see these demons? These demons that are on people today was already in the message churches. Now here it is, Branham Tabernacle. This question asked in Branham Tabernacle, that demon was already on the message people. Well, praise the Lord. Now watch, Brother Branham has the opportunity to tell them and say, that's right, no one should preach but me. But let's see his answer. We have seen you ordain men and we don't, we, you would not do that if, if they were not to preach mercy. Brother, sister, ever who told you that nobody's to preach but me? I'd sure be a poor subject to God with all of that. No, every man that feels a call of God upon his life, get into the ministry and start. Can you believe he says these next three words? We, so apparently something has changed in the message then, since Brother Branham said this to where we are now. It has changed. We need them worse. <laughs> We're worse off now than we was then. The world is worse off. Is that right? Oh my, get into the ministry. Now look, friend, he has the opportunity to be able to tell all those preachers sitting there, now look, brothers, y'all don't need to do this. I know I'm just fixing to ordain a whole bunch of you, but I, you know, really, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have laid hands on all of you guys and called all of your names. I don't need to do that no more. Brother Neville, you don't need to preach no more. When I'm not here, you play a tape. But Brother Branham was a true prophet, not a false one. Brother Branham believed the Bible. Most of these folks around the message appropriate get this, don't believe the Bible, first of all, and they don't even believe the very man they're screaming at the top of their lungs about. Well, hallelujah. Get into the ministry and start preaching. We need the men of God are anointed all over the world to preach the gospel, see? 
Now, again, folks, look, folks just don't believe him. They just, the bottom line is they don't believe him. I'm just one little pebble on the beach among many big stones. And message people will hear that and hear it and hear it. They don't believe it a bit more than they believe I'm a six-foot popsicle. And they'll sit right there, say what he said, say what he said, until you say these things that he said. And then they just get kind of quiet on you and, you know, get that look on their face. Oh my, notice, so he said, there's many more that's more eligible, more worthy, more of anything to preach than me. I'm just one little humble person led out here. I'm one grain of wheat in a whole garner, see? You know what I mean? Any man that's called of God needs to push, play, and obey. And yet that's what people screaming and hollering, and it's going around the world. And preachers are sitting down and quitting preaching and feeling intimidated if they take a Sunday morning service because it's propagated from headquarters that if you preach Sunday morning the biggest service of your week doing your church, you think you've got more to say than the prophet. Oh, Jesus. I'm not going to ask you if you want me to go on. I'm just going to go ahead and go on. <laughs> Notice this angel of God, 1947. Moses was born a rather peculiar birth. Then the age of maturity was sent out to deliver the children of Israel for they were in bondage. God told him before he went, now send my angel before you. Now God could have sent the angel down, couldn't he? He could have let the angel come himself. But instead of that, he sent the angel to speak through the voice of a man. God always used man for his work, is that right? He don't use organizations and so forth and mechanical devices. But he uses men. The Holy Spirit fell upon men. That's God's instrument here on earth. So God don't use mechanical devices. So every tape service that will be held around the world on Wednesday night or Sunday or whenever it is they have them, it is totally impossible to have them without a mechanical device. Now, do we believe what he said or don't we believe it? Oh, I can say from look at some of y'all's face, you're not sure you do or not. That's your problem, not mine. Well, he said he don't depend on about. Oh, but Brother Donnie, you're using a mechanical device. Let the microphone go dead. I can still preach. Let the monitor blow up. Let it go dead. Let the organ shut down. Let the guitar shut down. Let the lights go off. We can still preach and have church. But if you have a power failure playing a tape, the service is now canceled. Why? Because you cannot have service without a mechanical device. So you are totally dependent upon a mechanical device to hear from heaven. Oh, sweet Jesus. Well, praise God. Let's push play again and see what he said. God doesn't fall upon denominations. God doesn't fall upon mechanical devices. God, the Holy Spirit, fell upon men. Man 
is God's agent. It's the hardest thing that God has ever had to do was to get one mortal to believe another. Oh my, again, God never used idols. He's always used man. God don't use machinery, mechanical devices. He uses men. Now come on, let's push play and obey. Let's say amen to what the prophet said now. Don't you get quiet at me out there and them radio waves and TV waves and them internet waves and Lord have mercy, look over, you know, make sure that person's sitting beside you still alive. Check their blood pressure, make sure they're okay. Oh my, some of them will be streaming this service by now. Their blood pressure be 210 over 388. Hang with me now, pal, I ain't done. I want to send you through the roof. Maybe you'll get saved and realize how much you need. God called men in this age. Maybe you'll realize you need a baptism of the Holy Ghost that'll baptize you into believing the Bible that'll baptize you into really believing what God's prophet taught not a few isolated quotes oh my God don't use machinery and mechanical devices he uses man individuals excuse me I didn't mean to holler that loud (laughs) notice I'm not excited though I know right where I am that's right I just feel good So apparently him feeling good made him holler loud. Notice again, God always works through agents, men. Man is God's agent always, not creeds, not denomination. But man, see, God never worked through machinery, never worked through denomination. Now you imagine Brother Brandon putting machinery on the same level as denominations. Now, apparently, I must have got a strange version of the message when I got mine on the disc from the voice of God. Because mine pulls up all these quotes when I type in these words. Now, apparently, other people's don't. I mean, I must have a really weird version. Yours does too? We just got a special Happy Valley preacher version, maybe, Brother Terry? You mean it's the same version that everybody else around the world has? Do you understand what that speaks against them? Absolute in Phoenix, 1963. God uses man to work with. He doesn't use organizations. He doesn't use machinery. He could have done it, but he chose man. That's right. He could have chose the stars, the wind, or anything to preach the gospel, but he chose man. He does not change himself. He's always the same. So guess what, friends? If I die and I go to the way of the grave and I'm not allowed to be able to go in the rapture and be alive and y'all get somebody else to be the pastor and you go on, it would be contrary to the will of God for you to set up and play Donnie Reagan's tapes for every service. Come on, saints. Because as time goes on, your needs will change and the word of God must
just go right on speaking to the needs of the people. I can see why people want to play a 1958 tape. I can see why many of them want to pick out a 1963 tape. It don't deal with the sin in their lives in this day. It don't deal with the false doctrines that's around this message. You'll never find Brother Ram striking against the false doctrine of the seven thunder or the false doctrine of Perusia or the false doctrine of the return ministry. Why? They were not in existence in 1958. But guess what? God still has agents that are filled with the Holy Ghost and they go right down the middle of false doctrine, error, sin in your life. Come on, saints. Anybody ever find Brother Brandon preaching against smartphones? You ever search a message, see Brother Brandon preach against pornography? You ever find Brother Brandon using the word website? What about vaping? What about a bunch of the things that are going on in this day? No. So then, according to the narrow-mindedness of some of these people we're dealing with, then we would have no authority to be able to preach against any of those things unless we could back it up with a quote. Your very need and your very temptation is what calls men of God to the pulpit to be able to strike against the modern day sins. And the modern, do I have a quote to use that quote? Uses the word quote for pornography? No. But I've got enough in the gospel to be able to take a stand on the truth of the word of God to say it's ungodly and stay away from it. Brother Branham preached against cigarettes. He never preached against vaping. But there's already been enough deaths and enough stuff to be able to know that it's not another replacement of the devil. That's all it is. Mama, God in simplicity. God don't leave his program. That's the reason we know this day it's got to be simple. He always works in simplicity, but God in the beginning could have made the sun to preach the gospel, or the winds to preach the gospel, or an angel to preach the gospel, but he ordained men for that purpose and he never changes it. Oh my. He never ordained denomination, never ordained groups of men. He ordained men to preach the gospel, not machinery, mechanical devices, or an angelic being. It was man. Well, praise God. Perfect faith, 1963. You're standing here just as divine as a branch producing the fruit of the vine. God uses man and man only. God doesn't use. Oh, I find this so peculiar that y'all are looking at me tonight like I'm a green eyed Martian. Well, where, where, where's a lot of these message folks at? Where, how come they, they don't want these quotes? Why? Because it undermines their false doctrine. You see, the Holy Ghost in me and you should be able to say amen to every word, whether or not it crosses our ideology or our doctrine, Brother Greg. We should be able to say amen and God help me to be able to line up. You see, if there's another spirit in us that goes contrary to that, we might ought to check what spirit that is. Oh my. 
Now, let's go a little farther if we can, if you don't mind, if you can suffer with me for just a little bit. Let's look again at, at, at some of the things that Brother Branham had to say about preaching and preachers and all of that. I find it quite amazing, you know, the Brother Branham's view of it. I thought a word in 1948, he said, I like to hear good preachers. Again, same message. Anything I like to hear is good preaching. Hear a man preaching. I want you to notice that he did use the same adjective. He didn't say just like to hear any preacher. But he liked to hear good preachers and good preaching. Well, I don't mind telling you I'm the same way. I don't like hearing a man that ain't got nothing to say. I don't like hearing a man saying the same thing he said 45 years ago, just zapped it with a microwave and, you know, changed the title of it a little bit. I like hearing good preachers and I like hearing good preaching. Well, praise the Lord. How many is with me? Amen. Notice again, what's in Jesus' feet? Oh, how I love to hear a good preaching. I don't get the privilege of doing it. Now, notice he called hearing good preaching a privilege. So, Brother Branham looks at hearing good preaching. Can you imagine, friends, every time God allows us, whether in our home church or you're visiting a convention or a meeting or wherever it is, and you're able to hear good preachers and they do good, good preaching, can you imagine that is a privilege to you? Oh, my. I don't get the privilege of doing it very much, but I love to hear a good preacher who knows the Word. You believe whatever you want to believe. I, brother Bra- I believe Brother Branham would be absolutely overwhelmed if he would be able to tour the conventions around this world and hear the ministry of the Word where it is coming right back from the Scripture and right back from his message, Brother Skip. I believe Brother Branham would stand up and be so proud that the grace of God had used him to be able to, you mean, this is what it produced. You imagine that he never, unless God showed him by vision, he would have never been able to know, nor would have Paul, nor would have Peter, nor would have James writing his little small book or Jude his little small book would they have ever known that it would cover the earth over and over again and the productivity that would come out of it. You imagine Brother Branham being able to attend the services and the meetings of great men of God and watch the Lord Jesus come down and do the very same things in their meetings that he done in Brother Branham's meetings. Oh, it wouldn't be like some of the message folks. They get jealous. They get mad. Oh, well, nobody should heal the sick. But Brother Brandon, where'd you hear that lie at? Listen to this. Invasion of the United States. I think today what we need is more old-fashioned, God-called. Again, brother, what we need today is preachers back behind the pulpit that push play. That preach the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ with the Holy Ghost and five baptism coming down upon the people. My brother, sister, that's what Satan hates right there. Oh my, we need preachers that'll preach the word. Tell us the truth about it. Tell us we must be born again. Bring us on the basis of the shed blood to Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Can anybody say amen to that? What we need today 
today is an old time St. Paul's revival and the Bible Holy Ghost back again correctly. What we need is some preachers that'll get out and preach the truth of the thing. Again, be not afraid, 1961. What we need is men that'll preach the gospel and handle it with the powers of God and tell the truth regardless if the organization kicks him out. So guess what? If a lot of these message people want to band together and kick us out, you don't know it. I've done been excommunicated years ago. A lot of folks in this message believe I blaspheme the Holy Ghost and I cross the line. Ain't no hope for me. They feel sorry for you because you're sitting under this false prophet, blind leader, they think. They have pity for you and they pray for me, but they don't pray for me. They pray for you, but they don't pray for me because they believe I've crossed the line. I have the point of no return. It's called the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the seal of the living God. So let headquarters throw me out. Let the message people get together and throw me out. Let them try to excommunicate from what? Some organizational system? They cannot excommunicate me from the blood of Jesus. They cannot excommunicate us from the mystical body of Jesus Christ. We are baptized into their brother, sister. Oh, hallelujah. Notice how can he be the same yesterday, today, and forever and still divine healing gone? How can the power, the oh my, the Bible set in order, first apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, pastors, for a vindication of the gospel still lives. And God sends them right among us. And we turn our back on it. God doesn't fail. It's the people failed. Preaching is a gift, inspired, oh my, inspired preaching, see, and the gifts, some are apostles, some prophets, some teachers, some pastors, some evangelists, that's the gifts that's in the church. But see, it's possible we could have more than one, like Paul or any of those. As long as there's apostles, there's got to be a prophet. And as long as there's a prophet, there has to be an evangelist. Why is it that ministers say there is a pastor and evangelist, but there is no prophet? But now that's turned around. Now they say there is a prophet, but there's no need of a pastor because they say Brother Branham fulfilled all five. False prophecy. Brother Branham never said no such a thing. Well, praise God. See, that's picking what you want, making it say something it doesn't. And anybody that adds to what he says don't believe what he says. Well, praise God. God set some of the church first, apostles and prophets, teachers, evangelists and pastors, all for the perfecting of the church. How could we turn one down and say the other one isn't so? God does it himself. It's nothing in the world but just yielding yourself to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit takes over from there and you don't know what you're doing. It's the Holy Spirit's sovereign work. Again, missionaries, prophets, teachers, pastors, evangelists. How many knows that's true? Well... Oh, yeah, cry, devil. We'll have to have them. Praise God. Oh, I know there's many rise up and go out and say, 
Oh, I don't need to go to church anymore. Praise God, the Holy Ghost has come. He's the teacher. When you get that idea, you're just wrong. Why did the Holy Ghost set teachers in the church if he was going to be the teacher, see? There's first apostles, prophets, teachers, and evangelists, and pastors. The Holy Spirit set teachers in the church so he could teach through that teacher. <laughs> the Holy Ghost set pastors in the church so he could pastor through that pastor. The Holy Ghost set evangelists in the church so he could evangelize through that. <laughs> the Holy Ghost sent the prophet in this age so he could be a prophet through the prophet. You say, well, glory to God, the Bible said when the Holy Ghost has come, you don't need any teacher. He's the teacher himself. Oh, brother, how can you be so little from reading the scripture? Well, why did the Holy Ghost set teachers in the church? Say, I don't have to have anybody teach me. The Holy Ghost teaches me. It does through a teacher. He set teachers in the church. He said, are all teachers, are all apostles, all have the gifts of healing. And the Holy Ghost set these things in the church. He operates them all, and each one of them operates orderly. My friends, this is apostolic. Question answer 64. Do you teach that the bride? Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for asking that question that way because it'll condemn every one of these people around the message who don't believe in God's continuing ministry when they use the word bride do you teach that the bride must not attend any other church unless you are preaching or unless otherwise the tabernacle no I don't teach that. I don't believe that. So if you believe it, you believe something the prophet messenger did not believe. We got ministers sitting here that scattered all through the country and I believe they're a part of that bride. I believe that a man or woman can go to church anywhere they want to go that teaches the word. And I believe that if they don't teach the whole word and you can't go to a church any other place where they teach the whole word, go where they teach half the word. Until you can get to where they teach the whole word. Now he didn't say stay there the rest of your life, but go there, you're on a crutch. (laughs) Until you can get to where they teach the whole word. Well, hallelujah. And the church said... Notice this, God has set some signs in the church. First, that's the best sign, preaching the word. (laughs) Well, let me read a couple more. Can you endure a little bit more? That's the most important thing of the day is a good God sent preacher I admire them and their gift is far beyond anything that could be done and anything else is a preacher a man who knows how to rightly divide the word of God it is the most wonderful gift in the world is to be a minister wow Now, that ain't bragging on the minister or the preacher because it ain't him. 
He cannot do that without that deposit. That deposit is a gift from God. Notice this. He says he sets them in the church. Teachers, apostles, prophets, gifts of healing, working of miracles. And all those are set in the church. Do you believe that? I never did say where they were set out of the church. Oh. He set them in the church for the perfecting of the church. And to be in the church until... He comes again. Ah, oh, so now we know when preachers will stop preaching. When you get changed. <laughs> when I get changed, my brother, sister. Oh, glory. If the pastor's a good, solid gospel teacher that'll hold his children down and give them a little protoplasma stimulation. That sounds bad, just the words he used. If the pastor's a good, solid gospel teacher, that'll hold his children down. So that means apparently some of them's trying to run off. So he's got to grab a hold of them and hold them down while he whoops upon them. Oh my. That'll hold his children down and give them a little protoplasma stimulation when they need it. That's right, he says. Lay the gospel down and spank them right good with it. Of course, you all don't know anything about that coming here. I mean, that's just a quote, right? You all don't get no whoopings. I'm telling Brother William Smith today had come to work on an air conditioner. Somebody had been over to Wilbur, the little dam over there, and Mother Bear had had a little cub, and that cub had fell in the water. That mother had to get down in there and drag that cub out. Whenever that mama got her and the cub out of the water, she grabbed a hold of that cub, reached and got it, spanked it. Brother William Palmer told me, he said, some people could learn something from that bear. <laughs> well, some preachers could learn something from that mama bear too. Well, praise the Lord, friends. My, my. Oh, Jesus, help me to deal with this one carefully now, Lord. <laughs> That's right, lay the gospel down and spank them right good with it. Now notice what you'll find. He said you'll find a good, obedient church. That's right. Where the people can come and enjoy themselves in the gospel. If he's a good preacher that'll stay on the word and stay in the word and say it that way and see that his church is operated truly by the Holy Spirit, not get off in these isms as soon as they start coming, he'll snap it out like that. That's what we need today is some more preachers like that. Amen. That's what we need today is more preachers like that. Now everybody can't be a preacher, but you got a voice. And if you can't preach to people or sermon, if you're a preacher, you're called to the pulpit to, to preach. And if you're not, you're still a preacher. But live the people a sermon. Let your sermon be lived. It's the voice of God that'll bring reproach to them who reject it.
Amen. Oh, let me go a little farther if I can. It's the pastor's business to not lead songs. You that love television program and stay home to see some immoral movie star like We Love Susie or some of that other stuff. Boy, that's mild compared to what some folks around the message watch today. <clears throat> stay home on Wednesday night to watch television instead of coming to the prayer room. The love of God is gone from your heart. How do you do that and still hold your membership? The love of God would drive you from that and drive you to your church. Your brother and sister come together, set in heavenly places. And listen at your pastor. Well, that couldn't happen if you don't believe in preaching. Hallelujah. They don't want the spirit-filled pastor that'll obey the Holy Spirit from the platform. Just preach the word just like it is. Well, amen. And John said, lay the axe to the root of the tree and let the chips fall where it will. Most of the churches today would vote that out of their pulpit. That's right. It'll come a separation. It always does that. Let us stand, if you can. Notice this one. Did your pulpit get weak? Then put him out and get a pastor that'll preach the truth. What we need today is God-fearing preachers who tells the truth. That's right. Now, that makes the separation. If I was choosing a pastor and I was on the board and had to select a pastor and he was one of these wishy-washy, kind of sissified guys like that, I sure wouldn't vote him into my church. I'd vote him out and get a man that did believe God's word and took God's word and preached it and stood on it. I'd want a son of Abraham up there, a son of God. Notice question and answer 64. Now, friend, look, it goes on and on and on and on. Don't you understand? When people say the ridiculous things that they say about God's preachers, God's men, and trying to encourage them around the world to step down and quit preaching, can't you see how much scripture and message will stand against them at the day of judgment? The very prophet of God that they worship. Jesus said, you have one witness against you. And that is Moses. Whom you preach. Oh my. You imagine after hearing the coming of the Lord, the opening of the seals in question answer 64. Would we be still on fire and preach the gospel? Or is the time over? No. Keep preaching just as hard as you can preach, brother. Stay with it. I'm right behind you. Praise be to God. 
Let me find a place to stop. I believe he's here today appearing among the people. Showing to them that the end is nigh, that he's coming soon to catch away at church. And the ministry of his ministers are shaping right into his own ministry that he had on here on earth to catch away the entire church. I believe it was all so the ministry of God called men is shaping right into the ministry of the Lord Jesus. You understand, we're seeing the very same Jesus display himself in the ministry of his men on the earth. The same things that happen in the book of Acts are happening all around the world. It ain't just in Happy Valley. It's not just in Brother Tim's church. It's not just in Brother Ron's church. It's all over the world, my brother, sister. This is why Satan is mad. This is why he's so upset. The ministry of his ministers are shaping right into his own ministry that he had on earth to catch away the entire church. Praise God. Let's bow our heads tonight if you would. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. How we love your word tonight, Father. Lord, in one way, it makes me feel so sad, really, that we have to defend such a thing as preachers. <laughs> Denominational people hearing us preaching, they think, what kind of nuts are them people? You mean some of them people don't even believe in preachers? It's a shame, really. But Lord, it proves to us how Satan hates this message. There is not another message on the face of the earth that he fights and hates as much as this one. Oh, the people against Islam, they, they, a lot of these folks that have left the message, they'll never do a website against Islam. They'll never do a website against Catholicism and yet damning millions to hell down through the ages. But they hate this message so bad. If they'd have spent that much time studying it to find out the truth, they might not be where they are today. But Lord Jesus, we thank you for this blessed word. And I want to say tonight, I thank you, Father, for every God-called man that you've sent down through the ages, not just in our time. I thank you, Father, for the men of God that laid the path, laid the tracks before us, pioneers of the faith, Lord Jesus, that have gave their all where we would be able to stand. Fathers, we think about it whenever we come to our freedom in America. And Lord, those soldiers, some give everything, but many gave all. Lord, they gave their lives so that we'd be able to have that freedom here tonight to be able to stand and proclaim the truth. We thank you for that, Lord. But, oh, God, how I not only thank you for our military and those who've served in it, but, Father, I thank you for the other military, the army of the living God. Oh, Lord God, those evangelists that traveled the field and left their wives and left their families and they sacrificed and they pushed themselves, Lord. And thank you for those pastors, Lord God, that give of themselves and they speak to a little small handful, Lord, and they give everything they are. Thank you, Lord, for evangelists. Thank you for teachers. Thank you for the great prophet of God. Lord God, that fought hell to bring us this great truth. He paved the way, Lord, that we give us the courage and the strength to be able to stand for it today. It just breaks our heart, Lord, to hear and see what men are doing with it. But we know, Lord, it has to come this way. But, Father God, give us strength. Give us wisdom. Give us courage to stand for what is right. 
Help me, Lord, as long as I'm in my right mind, Father, to stand for the truth. If friends turn against me, if people the message hate me, so what? They hated you. Those people of that day, Lord, they, they said they believe the prophet Moses. They're the very one that caused you the most problems. Help us, I pray, Father. Lord Jesus, since we believe this gospel is true, we believe, Lord, that the supernatural is among us. We believe, Heavenly Father, you're the healer of sick bodies. We believe you're the encourager of those that are down. So, Father, we call upon your name tonight, Lord, in the name of Jesus to move among us. Lord Jesus, those that have needs in their body, needs in their home, needs in their finances, I preach tonight, you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's not just only in the aspect of having preachers, but it's in the aspect of every attribute of your character. So, Father, I pray you administer to your saints tonight, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, right now, Brother Jerry Phillips comes on my heart, Lord. You see this situation in his back, Lord, where he fell and hurt himself, God, and been in great pain. Lord, you see, going to a, another person tomorrow to see them about help, I'm asking you right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, would you reach down and touch our brother's body? Lord, others with needs in their bodies, Father, I pray the healing virtue of Jesus Christ would drop into their hearts tonight, Lord. We believe you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Oh, the devil will put sickness on us, but Lord God, we believe we've been called to take it off of the children of God. May you minister to your saints, Father. We love you so much. Father, we want to give you praise for every testimony that we've turned in. Everything that we've done. We thank you tonight, Lord. Brother Jim Babb got a good report this week. And we thank you for that tonight, Lord God. We thank you for being with our brother. We just believe in Lord God. Lord, for others that have needs, Lord, Brother Randy Gisson Daniel, you see, Father, what our brother's facing. We're praying that you just be with him, Lord. Sister Sharon, may the Spirit of God just minister to your people, Lord. Not only here in our assembly, but Lord God, around the world, wherever they'll hear this service, I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus in Norway, down in Africa and Europe, wherever they are, Father may the healing power of God come in their automobiles, may it come in their office desk, in their little kiosk Lord God, with their little earbuds in their ear may the Spirit of God come right there Father, in the name of Jesus may you minister healing and encouragement to your children, oh grant it Lord we pray, in the name of the Lord Jesus praise God hallelujah hallelujah Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. How many believes the New, New Testament was such an important thing to the Lord Jesus? The New Testament such an important. Oh, my. There's no way you could put a value on, on how important it was. But isn't it amazing? He put preachers in the New Testament before the New Testament was written. He put New Testament preachers in the New Testament church and gave them the preachers before he gave them the first written New Testament. Now, I'll tell you one thing, that's a pretty, pretty important situation to put it in, is it not? So he didn't hand them a book or a tape first, but he gave them what, Brother West? God called men. Why? A tape cannot feel the burden of the word of the Lord on its heart. The Levites was to carry that word. A tape. What is a tape player? A mechanical device. Your little smartphone or your little small chip, whatever it is. You can't go to it and talk to it. You cannot counsel Brother Branham. You cannot do that. He's gone. You cannot, it cannot bear your burdens. You come to the tape. Pray for me, tape. Pray for me. Pray for me, little 3D chip. Priest, pray for me. It cannot do it. But what does God do? God takes the living word. And he lays that word over the hearts of his God-called men. And then a real shepherd looks out on the needs of his people and he does something that a tape player cannot do. He cries. 
He feels the burdens of His people. He lays awake at night. He cries, oh, how many nights have I spent sleepless because of your needs and your sorrows and your problems, or on the other hand, your hard-headedness and your stubbornness, whatever it was that you was going through. And if we would have played the tape of Brother Benham's voice in that service, that tape player would not have slept. That tape player would not have felt your burden. It cannot feel. Thank God for men of God around the world. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. Oh, don't you appreciate the true ministry? Don't you appreciate the ministry of deacons, trustees, all, all the ones that God's given us in our assembly, the, the ministry of the song leaders, the singers, the, all the musicians? I, I appreciate it. Thank God. Oh, my. I, I, thank you, Lord. You, you knew how to make a church. Praise God. God bless you, saints. Let's sing a little something here before we go. Praise God. Ain't it been good to be together now? So, Lord. Praise God. Well, I'd like to say I'm not ashamed to be identified with this truth. Can the church say amen?
Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise be to God. Father, how we thank you tonight for your grace and your mercy. We thank you, Lord, for your great truths that you've restored in the evening time. Lord, I know we shouldn't really marvel that Satan would attack it in such a way. The greatest thing that he can try to do is to attack from within. Lord, we know that the truth has been restored and now he must be given the opportunity to attack that restored truth. So this is why that he does all these things with false prophets, false preachers, whatever more. Lord God, we just pray you'd give us strength to stand. We know your prophet told us that you allowed Balaam, that false prophet, to get among the children of Israel with his lies. So it would prove that all of them did not have an inheritance on the other side. So we know you will allow false prophets to come among us to lead the people astray. Some of the gift, some of the sign, some of the feeling, some of the false doctrine or whatever more. But it will not move the elect. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. Having this seal that the Lord knoweth them that are his. And let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Thank you, Father. Go with us now, Lord. Bring us back at the appointed time. Lord, once again, we call upon your name tonight, dear Jesus, on behalf of the Reynolds family, Lord. Here we've sat in church tonight, Father, and been able to rejoice in your word. And Lord, they've, as we would say, lost their daughter. Dear God, their hearts so heavy. The church family, they've been heavy, Brother Mike, and I just pray, God, you'd be with them and help them. I'm sure, Lord, there's things about this life that we just won't understand until we get there. As I read it today where Brother Brandon talked about the man he called Captain Jim Mosley, and he was a crop duster, and he flew his plane out, and he crashed, and he laid in the fire for, I think, maybe 10 hours, something like that. Had a 28-year-old wife and some small children. Brother Branham said there's some of those things we just don't understand. But we know somehow he will make it all work out. So that's what we know, Lord. Even when we can't understand it, we still trust you. So we pray, Father, that you would help them, Lord, in the days that come, weeks to come, the months that are to come, when Satan would try to come and tear their minds up, Lord, may the Spirit of God just be there to help them, Lord. Grant it, dear Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, saints. If you would, just, just remember this family. I'm sure it's going to be a, a very, very painful thing for them in dealing with this loss of their daughter, just 16 years old. Pray that God will help them and be with them. We remember what it was, was several years ago for us whenever terrible accident of Brother Homer Arnold and all that thing taking place to us. And we've had several, several major things happen. We remember how that feels, do we not? so we can be able to hold up those in prayer that are going through similar things. So let's just pray for them, if you would. God will be with them. God bless you. Look forward to service again this Sunday. Oh, my, my, and Saturday, I'm telling you what, the Lord has been dealing with me. Mm, mm, mm. You're going to like it. Some of us have grown up in this message in the ministries.
the impact that they've had on our life. I feel sorry for people that omit that from their lives. Brother Daniel Williams, when we were kids, and some of the, he's gone on to be with the Lord now, just the special way that they have just with young people and, and, and the, the, different, the different ways that each of these ministers have to reach, reach us at so many different levels. God's got a, a bouquet and a variety. I'm thankful that I believe it and I accept it. Amen. And he did whatever it took to find me. Amen. He knew what it would take to find me. I'm so glad he found me. Amen. Let's sing that together as we go tonight. I'm so glad he found me.